From Relay FM, this is Upgrade, episode 136. Today's show is brought to you by Encapsula, Squarespace, and Mac Weldon. My name is Mike Hurley, and I am joined across a glass table by Mr. Jason Snell. Oh, uh, hi, Mike. I didn't see you there. <laughs> that is podcast comedy, ladies that, and gentlemen. <laughs> so that's the highest of the highest caliber. But we, look out the window, Mike. Oh. We, this is the best view we've ever had for a, a, an episode of Upgrade, I think. I, I will put a picture in the show notes of our view right now. Me and Jason are sitting in uh, a hotel in Killarney called the Europe because we're attending the All Conference. I think this is the third episode of Upgrade recorded yes. at All. Uh, indeed. In this very location. Yes. Um, it's like our second home as a show. I guess. It's the place we've recorded most frequently. Probably. Than, uh, the, other than our own homes. Yeah. Yeah. I think that will work. This is the place that we're together the most. So we are here and we're enjoying uh, the All Conference, but obviously we took time out of the, the day to record the show for you. And we should begin this episode as we re- begin every other episode. We have hashtag Snell Talk. So you send in your questions with the hashtag Snell Talk on Twitter. And I get them for Jason. Now, Jason, there's been a trend over the last couple of weeks where people are asking me baseball-related questions. And I think they're trying to get me to annoy you. Uh, they keep, like, th- mentioning other teams um, but what I will take a question here that I think is maybe the most innocuous, which comes from Robert, which is, what do you think of the Giants' chances this year? I think they are... Well, they've started the season poorly, but... Uh, there That's are, not a good sign. There are hopes that they will have a, an okay year. Okay. And uh, in the end, all you can hope for is that they finish strong enough to get a chance to win at the end. And they've done that a lot lately, so... I'm, I I enjoy baseball, is what I'm going to say, and, and we've had a lot of uh, success in San Francisco lately, and if we have more, that's great. Congratulations to baseball. Hooray for baseball. Welcome back to baseball. Baseball now being played. We love baseball, I guess. Uh, yes, we do. It's the official sport of upgrade. <laughs> I thought that was brain ball. Uh, okay, it's the second <laughs> official sport of upgrade. So... We last week in Ask Upgrade, somebody was asking about Dropbox related media players, and boy, did we get some response. We got many responses of options. Um, so, if you are somebody who has Dropbox files that you would like to have a media app to play, maybe music or podcasts or audiobooks, I have four suggestions. Um, many of these were suggested by multiple people, but I picked out the people that suggested them first. James suggested an app called Bound. Mark suggested an app called Infuse. Ali suggested Cloud Beats, and John suggested N Player. Now, full disclosure: I have not tried any of these. No, me neither. Because this is not really a thing that that I need or that I that I would use. So, what I'm going to do, I'm going to put them all in the show notes, so you can go and take a look. I looked at the screenshots; they all look like legit applications. Some are free, some are paid. So, if you out there need this type of application in your life, you now have some suggestions in our lovely show notes. Um, which will be in your podcast app of choice or at relay.fm slash upgrade slash 136. So you can go and take a look for yourself and, I don't know, listen to music, I think uh, is the From thing? Dropbox? From Dropbox, everybody's favorite music storage solution. Yeah, that's right. I, I'm rocking on Dropbox. You know, drop, drop rocks? Yeah. With a rocks in it? Sure. Yeah, we could do that. Rockbox. Rock box. We did it. We did it, everyone. We're on fire today. <laughs> we're we are cooking with gas. So it was a, a week ago that we had the Mac Pro 
announcement, Apple's yes. recommitment to the professional Mac user. And we were we were surprised. I mean, really, we recorded last week's upgrade. We were on the hills. I I was um I was visiting your co-host from Remaster Shahid mm-hmm. at his house, and then he drove me over to your house. Um, and when I was at his house, I got the I got the notification that that had happened, and I so I had a little car ride to think about it. But and then you were already on connected, and so we were. It was hot on the heels. It could mm-hmm. not have been timed any better slash worse in terms of just sort of having the instant reactions. So now we've had a little bit more time. The one correction I wanted to make, although we. It's one of those things that we said we thought was true, that but then we expressed a lot of skepticism about whether it was true or not. Um, so I feel like this isn't necessarily an error as much as uh, uh, I want to restate that we were right when we said we had no idea, <laughs> which is the specifications for the Mac Pro. Um, like within a half an hour after I was uh, done with upgrade, Marco Arment uh, and I had a Twitter exchange about how the the update to the Mac Pro was literally a pricing change, and the the hardware didn't actually change at all. And the high end model is just a high end of a, the former build to order, so the prices are less. But it's not they're not new in any way. They're just existing configurations that they repriced. And we we thought there might be something new there, but we didn't know. And the answer is we didn't know because there isn't one. There's nothing new. Yeah, like the processors aren't new processors, right? They're no. just they've just chopped off the lowest end and brought the more powerful ones down the line. Yeah. Yeah. And the same with the GPUs as well, because this was something I, th- I think we kind of talk, spoke about this on the show, especially with the GPO, B- GPUs, that we don't, me and you, I think, don't really follow that stuff so much. So it was easy for us to kind of, for it to slip by, because um, it was basically just a lot of numbers and letters, really. Yeah. But we knew they were better, but that nothing new was introduced. Yeah, that's exactly right. And, and it's just a... As we said, and I think we've said for a while, we've heard from people who buy Mac Pros. Sometimes you need to buy a Mac Pro because you have a specific need and it fulfills it and you need to do it. And that's the answer to the question, who's buying Mac Pros? Is there, there are some people who have to get one. doesn't matter that they know that it's old and hasn't been updated and all of that. They need that system. Yep. And so that's why Apple's keeping them around. At least now it's a better value that they're getting more uh, they're getting a higher end version of that old system. Yeah, if you have to do it, you maybe feel a small percentage less ripped off. Yeah, right. By That's the a good way to put by it. By the fact that you have to do it because you're now right. getting a little bit more bang for your buck. Right. At least you're not paying the same price that somebody paid for that exact same computer three years ago. Um, whilst we're here at all, um, I did want to mention that. W- I'm merely attending, um, but you are participating. You are uh, reincarnating all radio, which was something that you did last year, which was a, a fascinating mini series of interviews with people that were giving presentations at all as a way to document what was happening, but also to give people that can't be here a glimpse into what's you know what it was all about. Um, so you're going to be doing that again this time, right? Yeah, yeah. So we're bringing it back. That's why they asked me back. There will be more this time because I'm a little more organized in scheduling my interviews. So um, we'll be doing a bunch of interviews tomorrow afternoon and rolling them out. I guess as I get a chance, it will probably some of them will roll out after I get home because I'm I'm doing so many interviews that I'm not going to be able to produce them. But I have a very long trip home on Wednesday, so I may do some of it then. But uh, lots of interesting people come here and speak. And the reality is, even though they do some some capturing of the sessions, it's 
it's kind of lost if you're not here. It's yep. kind of lost to history. And even if you are here, there are oftentimes sort of questions that people have, uh, and that in this case that I have about what those, uh, why those people are here and what they're talking about that I get to follow up. So they're fun little interviews with interesting people is sort of the bottom line of it. And I was happy with how the ones turned out last time, so I'm glad to be back and do it again. So I'm going to put in the show notes the RSS feed so people can go and subscribe. Um, I recommend that you actually go and listen to episode 7 of the previous years. Um, it was Chadwick Seven's Escape Room, where we did an escape room, and you recorded the audio of the escape room. And yeah. it's a really fun episode. It's weird, but fun. It's yeah. not like the others in that way. No. It's not quite representative, but it is, it is kind of fun. But it's a, it's a fun little thing just to listen to. Yeah. All right, today's show is brought to you by our friends at Encapsula, the multifunction content delivery network that not only boosts the performance of your website, but also protects it from denial of service attacks, securing it from bad guys, and ensuring high availability. All you have to do is make a tiny change to your DNS, and you will have the ability to activate Encapsula. There's no hardware or software needed to install it is ready to go whenever you are then once you've made that small change to your dns you'll have access to encapsula's global network of 30 data centers with three terabits of bandwidth all of this will stop attack traffic making sure that denial of service attacks never hit your servers whilst also caching your content and optimizing connections so your users get your content lightning fast, and they have a mega powerful content delivery network that does that. You can see all of this stuff working beautifully on Encapsula's dashboard, where you'll not only get a live traffic view of your site to see what's happening, you can also create custom rules to meet your exact needs. As a listener of this show, you can get one whole month of service for absolutely free. All you need to do is go to Encapsula.com slash upgrade. That's I-N-C-A-P-S-U-L-A dot com slash upgrade. You'll find out more hear about Encapsula and also claim your free month. Thank you so much to Encapsula for their very much continued support of this show and Relay FM. They're a great company, great service, great people. Go and check them out. So, Mr. Jason Snell, Mr. I had an entire episode planned last week. I yes. had taken the time, as always, as we always do, to we go through and we, we think about what do we want to talk about? That's and then right. Apple, every now and then, drops a bombshell on us. And we ended up last week talking about the Mac Pro stuff for even longer than I expected. Yes. So I didn't, when I woke up this morning in Dublin, before we got the train down to Killarney, where we are right now, I didn't, all I needed to do was copy and paste from the previous document. And I have our entire show here. So this is what Upgrade 135 would have been. This is a time. This is an episode like a time machine episode. If we weren't so hungry, hungry and exhausted last week, we could have just recorded this episode last week. We could have. We wouldn't have had any follow-up. But yes, we were, we were planning on things, and we would have come up with something to talk about this time, some new topics. But it was, uh, it, it, this is easier, I suppose. And the fact is, last week I was traveling. In some ways, since one of our topics is travel, this is better because this week you were traveling. You were preparing to travel yep. last week. That was going to be the idea. And now we are both traveling. So we're going to talk about how we travel with technology in 2017. I feel like this is, along with home screens and stuff like that, this is a topic that me and you have come back to yeah. maybe a couple of times. It's it's uh, it's what we call an evergreen topic. It's, it's evergreen. something that you just want to revisit every now and then because the technology changes and your approaches change. And... I think it's not, if somebody said, what about travel tech? We could say, well, go listen to when we talked about it at the end of episode 24 or something like that. But the fact is, our travel experience now is different than it was when we started this podcast. It keeps changing. So yep. why not talk about it a little bit while we're here? So let's start with the beginning of the trip, the packing. 
So where does your packing checklist live and how does that work? Well, it's a series of calendar events, no! Mike. <laughs> do you keep it in Game Center or like do you write on the back of a postcard and take a picture of it and save it in iCloud Photo Library? Well, I have a copy of Stickies running in an uh-huh, emulator that's uh-huh. running Mac OS 9. Stickies? There is a version of it. I know. It's, I it's was still using there. it for a while to remind me to press the button on Audio Hijack. It, it, so, uh, oh, nice. That's mm. very nice. I, um, my packing list lives in two places. You might be able to guess them. One is in my head. In the, oh, God. In the, no. in the noggin. And the other is I have a reminders list that is before I go things to mm-hmm. do. That is that is essentially where it lives. And this list is it just a growing list? Yeah, I would say that it's it's not one of those sort of like standard. I've got a list of everything I need to take. We do that for some. It varies uh, depending on what trip I'm taking. When we went to camp every summer, we had a camp list that we had compiled right. as we went that we knew like every year. Things for, that trip, yeah, and you forget yeah. from the year before. But for 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 most of these sorts of trips. Um, what I what I have is, and it's always there. It's just usually empty. A before I go list, and the before I go list. Every time I think of something that I need to do before I go, I need to post this podcast. I need to record this thing. I need to send this thing. Whatever it is, I put it on the list. And then before I leave, I make sure that I've done all of those things. And that means I don't all I don't necessarily do them all at the same time at the end. Sometimes I just will remember I need to do that, and I'll go do it, and then I'll check it off the list. But it does ensure that everything gets done. So I have a uh, I use Clear for this because Clear is like for me a perfect kind of checklist app, um, and I have just a packing checklist in Clear that nothing ever gets deleted from. So all of the items I may ever need to pack for any trip are in Clear, and what I do is they're all deactivated. So I go in and just activate them all because you swipe to like check and check off, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't delete unless you ask it to do that. So I'll go in before the trip. I'll take a look at everything in the list. I'll activate all those items. And then as I pack them, I check them off again. Oh, that's nice. So it's just like a a list that I add to over time as, as things change, but it's for any trip I may ever need to take, all of the items should be in that list. And then I just go in and, and kind of activate and deactivate and then do my packing checklist. So that's that's worked pretty well for me over time, and and like, I uh, I only really I only use Clear for that. Clear is a lovely little application. It's uh, it hasn't received any love in the last couple of years. I I think it might just be a kind of feature complete, and it just lives there. Um, But it's a great little app for stuff like checklists, like just very simple checklists, like shopping lists and packing lists. So that's that's kind of how I do it. Nice. What devices are making your trip? today what what kind of big devices are you bringing well i you know i like to travel just with my ipad yep but for this event i brought my ipad and my macbook air Mm -hmm. the macbook air um mostly because i have a lot honestly it's not i had to edit the incomparable last week i i did it actually on a on the train from london to glasgow Uh and um i used logic for that on the on the uh on the MacBook Air, I could have done that in Ferrite on my iPad, um, but since I have the MacBook Air, it is a little more efficient to do it there. For really, for me, it's as we mentioned, I'm doing all radio, and that's a lot of uh, a lot of interviews. It's a lot of podcasts, and what I decided was I probably wanted to start processing those before I went home, and they all require some processing. It's not complicated, but there are a lot of them, and there will be a lot of processing. And I just thought it would be more expedient. 
um, to do that all on the Mac, and also that it is the Mac is more flexible. And if I have any issues that come up, if there's a technical issue, I feel like having a Mac with me is a little bit safer. And since I'm since I'm coming all this way to do podcasts, I felt like it would be irresponsible for me not to bring it. So it, it's it's one of those things that in another circumstance I wouldn't have bothered. But um, you know, it is an 11 inch MacBook Air. It's very small. Mm-hmm. It doesn't take up a lot of room, so it's fine. And I had to bring the extra charger for it, but it's fine. Yeah, I uh, I brought my smaller iPad Pro, the nine point seven, mm-hmm. with the I use the Logitech Create. Like yep, that for it. me, that that combo is like the perfect travel machine because it's small and I got the full keyboard and I can you know that's what I was doing my outline work on this morning. Right, but I do have my MacBook as well. Um, the twelve-inch MacBook, I'm looking at it aka right now. the MacBook Adorable, because we're recording mm-hmm. this show and editing this show. I could have gotten away with it and said like, "Oh, Jason, can I borrow your MacBook Air?" But like, I just this this computer is so small. Really, for me, the thing that was the the most that added the most weight is pro- and and annoyance was bringing the USB C charger because right? it's just this big thing that you have to bring. Yeah. But now I have my Nintendo Switch, which is needs a USB C to charge. And also, I brought my Android phone with me, my Pixel, because I'm going to use it to take some video stuff. Um, so, having a good USB-C charger is just a good thing to have. So, I threw the MacBook in the in the bag because it, it's easy. It, well, like the 11-inch Air, it's so small that it's yeah. really not that big a deal to bring it. It doesn't. It doesn't add so much weight to the already heavy-ish bag that you would yeah. notice. Like what it adds, it obviously adds something. But it's adding so little in proportion to everything else. I just brought it with me, and it just makes things easier when I'm doing the shows. If we weren't recording this show, this this computer wouldn't be here right yeah. now. Yeah, and like I said, I think if I weren't doing the old radio thing, I wouldn't have brought it. And the the reality is, I could I could have just come with my iPad and made it work even. Because I, I mean, we're not recording into a computer. right No, now. right now we're recording into the Zoom um, H6. H6 recorder. Yeah. So yeah, it, it's not necessary, but. Um, I think both of you and I made the we made the same call, which was it was a little more efficient and a little more flexible and a little safer. Safer is a good point, right? Because I I, I like that word. Um, I feel with some of the things that I do, I feel safer with the Mac than with iOS because it's more. Um, it's it's just got a better lineage and history of doing certain tasks. And if you, there are ways to work around problems on the Mac and on, on the iPad. You know, this is something that we've talked about many times before. It, on iOS, if you hit the brick wall, you, you hit it. You can hit it, yeah. and you may not have a solution. And we're fortunate to be in a place with lots of people with with Macs, so we we probably would. Although it's funny, um, you and Marco. Arment have both told me that you didn't you refrain from bringing podcast equipment, which is fine because I brought all of it in That's my suitcase. But you guys didn't need to. If you if you need an emergency podcast at some point, just let me know. I've got all the microphones. Excellent. Just always is on the hip. Yeah, I'll just I'll pull out the the microphones and because you can do a podcast. We had the meet. We had our upgrade meet up early this week. Thank you for everybody that attended. It was, it was so it was, great. It was excellent. And some and I was talking to somebody about um, if Apple were to bring. You know, really good audio support to iOS, right? You know, the kind of audio support that we're looking for, the ability to record and listen and basically, yeah. you know, an audio engine like the Mac has, which would allow us to have a Skype call and then use another application to to capture that audio, right? I still wouldn't trust it immediately because it's new, right? And this is, this is the trust thing. Well, yeah, you... I know the Mac will do this because I do it on the Mac and I've been doing it on the Mac for actually seven years today. Uh-huh. Actually, I've been podcasting for seven years. 
So congratulations, congratulations to me, I guess. Yes. But I've been doing it on the Mac for that entire time. And honestly, the failures that I've ever had, it's not because of the OS. Like, it's not because of the apps. It's something I've done right. that breaks things. Like, I don't, I don't have things that can't be repaired. Well, I had the, all the Mac Pro woes, but we don't have to talk about that right now. Yeah, I think comfort and um, uh, is a part of it, and security yep. is a part of it. Yeah. So for me, like I'm, I'm comfortable in Ferrite. I know that you aren't, but I am comfortable with that app, and so I'm comfortable editing on iOS. It's a different experience, but a lot of it is the it, again, it's the details, and that's what we would have to, in this scenario of yours. That's what we would get is you know files transferring and being able to do two things at once and all of that. Mm-hmm. And then yes, this is what we both do for a living. So there's a level of uh, of of being careful and seeing how it goes and trying it out. And and let's say I, the first time I try out, if if the iPad gets an update, iOS gets an update, and suddenly we can use it somehow. So that I I don't need to travel with a Mac to do all of the recording stuff we do. The first time I do that is not going to be while I'm traveling. Certainly not going to be when I'm five thousand miles away from home. Yep. I'm going to do it at home yep. so that if it fails, I can switch to my Mac. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then That's after exactly a while it. of using that, maybe I feel confident enough to take it on the road. Yeah, most it's like I bring my Mac on a trip like this for the same reason I pack an extra set of clothes. Right, because it's whatever the the computer equivalent is of spilling something on your pants. Yeah, you need another. You need a change of what clothes. What do you need to do? You need an extra. You need a change of clothes. I need to change a computer. Yeah, is what I, I only brought one set of pants on this trip. Oh, and Lauren said, "What happens if you spill on your pants?" And I said, "I guess I go wash them off, or I everybody gets to see me wearing my pajama pants for a little while." <laughs> I'm I'm not going to say I'm going to spill any soup on you. But you, you don't know, spill don't spill any soup on me. I would like to see you walking around in your pajamas. Well, I've also got a pair of shorts, so I, could, I might just walk around in the shorts oh, too. Man. I know. Uh, I uh, wanted to just you know these are the devices. These are our computing devices, but they're not the only devices that we bring on a trip. And I bring something like my Nintendo Switch on a trip like oh, this. Oh, is this your first time traveling with a Nintendo it Switch? Is. Yeah, it's the first time I've been on a plane with it. Did you play with it yes. on the plane? Yes, I did. I only had a, like a ninety-minute plane journey. Yeah. But it was incredible. It was so good. I just, I, for when we were taking off and landing, I just had it in handheld mode, right? Like I'm just holding it and playing it. It's playing Zelda naturally. And then when we were, you know, just in the air and the seatbelt sign was off, tray table down, stand it up, and just I disconnected the controllers. And I can have the, the switch closer to me and my hands around the back of it, oh. operating the controllers, because that's, you can kind of sit however you want. And it was, it was incredible. Like, I mean, I, I'm in love with Zelda. I mean, I will categorically say now it's the best video game I've ever played. Like, I, I think that it's just unbelievable. And the Switch system is so great for stuff like this. Um, I'm very excited as more games come out over the next weeks. They're bringing games out a lot, but like big games. And the next one is Mario Kart mm-hmm. at the end of the month, which is a shame because by the end of the month, because I'm traveling basically all of April and Mario Kart comes out on the 27th, like the day I can't finish my travel. But then I can play it at home. Yes, that's right. I, that's um, great. I've got a uh, I've got a Kindle with me as well. I actually uh, read yeah. a book on yeah, the yeah. plane, mm-hmm. and you know, I, I, my other all my other entertainment is loaded on the iPad. I've got I've got movies and you know Netflix yes. shows and things like that. But I did bring the Kindle Oasis with me. Yeah, for a trip like this, for me, I don't need to worry about movies 
Um, but on the trips that I'm going to be taking over the next couple of weeks, like one of them is going to be a trip to the US. Um, I, you know, I'm I'm putting stuff on there as well, like yeah. movies and 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 whatever. Like, I know that there's always stuff on the plane to watch, but I I like to use my own devices. Yep, my stuff, my screen. I just way prefer that to to the anything that I get because as well, like the screens are never that great, no matter kind of where you are in the plane. An iPad is always going to be better. So that's what I bring there. Now I can see your backpack. It's right over there. Yeah. And you're still using your trusty Brent Haven that we've spoken about in the book. Yeah, indeed. This is the uh this is the eBay duplicate mm-hmm. that I got that is a duplicate of the other one that's falling apart. And you'll notice that Mr. James Thompson, who is all here at the conference, uh if you look at his backpack, you'll find it's identical, um, except in color. But this bag is not made anymore. So the Brent Haven bag, right? They don't make this one? No, they don't. So I ended up uh yeah, and I've had it for like 15 years, and I liked it so much that I realized that as it was falling apart, maybe I could see if somebody was selling them that where they just had an old backpack around, and sure enough, on eBay, I found a couple. So for 20 bucks, I got a, a duplicate of it, so I can just never change. You better find another one. I'm, my theory is that by the time these ones fall apart, I will not be well enough to <laughs> carry things on my back. <laughs> is, that, is that the just situation? Just be an old man. Okay. That's my hope. Okay. Um, I've got a new bag by a company called Manal and I bought the bag that they make called the Daily Carry Bag and this is the first trip that I've taken it on. So this is a bag that I use kind of on my back. Um, We both, I mean, they're not a sponsor of this episode, but we both have our away suitcases. That's why I got my clothes in. And this is the first yep. time that I've I've checked that bag and it's worked fine for me. Me too. Um, But I, I have kind of all of my stuff in my backpack. Um, and I've been really happy with this bag. Um, it's made really nicely. It's got a lot of compartments in it, which I was looking for. And also everything opens flat, which I really like. So I can unzip parts and just open the whole thing up and I can get to what I need. And the computer compartment is brilliant. It has two neoprene slots. So I can put a larger device and a smaller device in there. And they're kind of held in by Velcro. Nice. And they're just suspended in the center of the bag. So I can put MacBook and iPad into this little compartment and it's done really well. The straps are super comfortable, like some of the most comfortable straps I've used. And the bag is relatively heavy right now, but it feels really excellent to put on. This is a a relatively new company. They're based in New Zealand and they had two successful Kickstarters, I think. One for their original bag and then they did one which had two bags because they do a carry-on bag and a daily bag and I have the daily bag. Um, so I, I actually really, really recommend it. I'm I'm very pleased with this bag. Um, so if if that sort of thing interests you, then uh, it gets a big thumbs up from me. Mm. So a friend of mine, uh, his name's Chase Reeves, and uh, you've met Chase. Mm-hmm. He uh, he actually does hilarious and really entertaining bag reviews, like backpack reviews on YouTube. Um, I'll put a link in the show notes to his review of this bag because. He is the reason I bought it because he did a really great job of explaining it and kind of going through it and reviewing it. Um, so if you're interested in that, you can go there. He reviews a bunch of stuff, so you can go see if there's a bag you're looking for. He's always got good solutions and good good suggestions. So what's going in this carry-on bag, right? So my my cable situation is mostly taken care of by the Anchor USB wall charging hub thing. So I have one of those... It, you just plug it into the mains and you have like five cables available to you. Um, 
so you can just plug a bunch of USB cables in, so mm-hmm. you're not searching for plugs all over the room. And they have a new one now, uh, which I don't have, but I'm I will at some point upgrade to, which has USB Type C. Huh? And with the with the power delivery thing, so it charges those devices quicker. Um, that's going to be something that I will be getting in the future because that will charge something like this MacBook on my Switch like really quickly or even my iPad because the the 12.9-inch iPad has that fast charging thing if right. you have USB-C power delivery. So Anchor Avenue, one of those now. Um, the reason that I like these devices is, like say me and Adina are traveling together, we need minimum four USB cables. Right. And no hotel room on the planet gives you four plug sockets near the bed. It just doesn't happen. Yeah, they just don't do it. I don't know why, but it doesn't happen. So these, I really recommend these Anchor USB things. Yeah, I've thought about buying those, and I just haven't done it um, mm-hmm. because my approach has been: I still have a bunch of the. You're using one right now. In fact, I have a bunch of the long cables that I think Apple doesn't even put in the box anymore. That's the long power cable that clips into the Apple Power Brick, and then for international travel, I just use a plug adapter, and so. What I end up doing is I have I think I brought three of those. <laughs> you just have these long cables just trailing well, all over the room. Right. One of the one of the ways you can get what I found is there are outlets around and they're often inconvenient. And I have a long USB cable and I have these long plug mm-hmm. plug cables. And you put those two together, and that outlet that's over by the window is far enough you can get you can get it to. Um, so you can put your Apple Watch or your uh, by your bedside or or your iPhone by your bedside, um, and not everything needs to be by by my bedside. I can you know put the iPad across the room or whatever. But mm-hmm. um, and so right now, like here, I traveled with three of those, um, and that was enough for me. But I am intrigued by this because yeah, the fact is when I travel, if it's if it's all of us, we have. My daughter's phone, my son's iPad, my wife's phone and iPad, and my phone and iPad. And at that point, we have six USB charge devices. Yeah. So right now, what we do is everybody brings their own stuff. And it works fine, but this would work better. Yeah. A couple of those, and you'd be set. Right? Yeah. You'd need one, but like you had two. You, you, I should just get one that's got six on it, and yeah. I'd probably be done. Yeah. And I, I think those things are really good. Then you just need the one kind of European adapter or... Uh, for me, in my case, a US adapter, yeah. plug it straight into the wall and you're good to go. Yeah. What about battery packs? Do you bring any batteries with you? I uh, I try to. I actually forgot to bring my little anchor battery this time. That It's in the drawer at home. But since I have the away, the away suitcase, um, not which again, not episode. a sponsor this week, but um, that has a battery in it, yep. the away carry-on. And little known fact about the away, since they're not a sponsor, um, is... For parts of Asia, it's not you're not allowed to bring the battery to check uh, the suitcase with the battery in it. Didn't know that. In the rest of the world, you are they say because it's attached. There's specific regulations. They've looked them up um, it, because it's uh, attached to the case and it's below a certain capacity. It's considered safe, but uh, because in some places you may need to detach it, it comes with a little screwdriver that actually you zip inside I didn't and you know can that. and you can unscrew the the um the case and the the battery charger pops right out and i did that um because i was curious and i was looking all this stuff up and you can actually slide that out and put it anywhere and it's a fully functional battery pack even when it's out of the the suitcase it's just another big custom battery pack so um so i have used that a little bit but i uh, normally i do have an anchor a little a little black kind of uh oval 
um, cylindrical battery charger that I keep around for emergencies, right? It's that moment where your iPhone is about to run out of gas and, and you need a little bit more to, to get to a charger. I was thinking about this. I, I over I overpack batteries. Um, I have I have a Mophie that I don't think they make anymore. It's one of their power station ones, but it has um, an integrated lightning cable in it. Um, and I found it in a, in an airport a couple of years ago. And I don't think they make this exact one, but they do. You know, Mophie do make a ton of different solutions. So I have that, which is just always there. And it's like I can I can charge my phone and put both things in my pocket if I need to, right? Because it's it's big but not too big. So it's big. It's smaller than my phone. I also have a huge Anchor battery called the Anchor Power Core. This this is like one of those batteries that will charge your phone five times, right? Like this is a all else fails. Here is the battery that I have, and then and then on this trip, I also have my suitcase, which has a battery in it. And I th- I was thinking, am I am I? You're more man, more battery than man. Is now. this overkill? Wow. Was my thinking, and I kind of came yeah. down to two things, and it's one, yes, it is, yeah. but two, I care about having my devices with me at all times, and this is a way to ensure, especially when I'm doing long travel that I have access to those devices. Like if I'm traveling for 12 hours, maybe on on a plane, or like from door to door, like from when I leave, sometimes I'm traveling for 18 hours, yeah. something like that. My phone will need, will need to be charged more than once, most likely, with the amount that I use it on a trip like that. If I'm playing like games on my Nintendo Switch, that's going to need to get charged as well. If I wanna, like I, 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 if there is a solution for a problem when it comes to travel that can be solved by technology i will i will take that road right so i guess my question would be do you really need it because so many you know no. planes so many planes now have power plugs or usb chargers but they don't always they don't always it's true you know it's true and then and how much how many times do you need i can see it Look, it's you can do as much as you feel you need to to be comfortable. I think in the end, and this is it. In the me, end, right. if this relieves your stress, then then that's fine. For me, I have I have driven a lot of this stuff out because I realized that it's not. Now it's stressing me out because it's unnecessary, and I'm I'm yeah. mad that I brought it, and that that's the time when you kind of shed those. But exactly because I feel like this is less of a worry than it used to be. That battery life has gotten better. That there are more chargers in more places, and if you've got a battery you know that you bring with you then you've got got it for emergencies i rarely need it for anything other than honestly i rarely need it when i travel it's when i'm at my destination and i'm not in my usual sort of charge all the time mode and i'm walking around with my iphone and then at the end of the day the iphone i've been using it heavily because i'm not at home and i'm out and about Mm -hmm. and that's when the iphone battery drains which is why i like having like that that uh that uh anchor battery that i've got that i can keep in my pocket and I can actually charge my phone while I'm walking around just in my pocket. Back pocket's got the battery. Front pocket's got the phone. So yeah. that's the most common place for me. Yeah. Not on an airplane. But it's happened. I've had I've had an international flight and I was listening to music and doing other stuff. And it ended up uh, that my, my phone was uncomfortably low for me. And I was thinking, I'm just getting off the plane in another country and my, my phone's dying. And I had my battery and i was able to charge it and then i felt a lot better yeah i feel like i just have an increasing amount of devices in my life that require power yeah like my headphones now yeah well so this is the same thing we talked last week about how i got an electric car yeah and and despite the fact that 
of the time we drive it will be within about five miles of our house, 10 miles of our house. Um, We still spent most of our brain power the first week we had it dealing with range range anxiety. Yep. And range anxiety is not just for cars. It's for any device with a battery. You, You know, there is the reality of when it runs out of battery and if you can survive. And then there is the anxiety part of it. And and it is psychological. It is, you're trying to plan ahead, you're concerned, but what if? But what if this lets me down? What if I end up in a situation where I can't do this anymore? And, um, you know, that's, that's true for a laptop or a, a phone, just as it's true for an electric car, and you just have to manage it. Um, and And batteries do provide peace of mind. They also weigh, so you have to, you know, you have to balance that out. I feel like when we're traveling with bags and stuff like we are right now, as opposed to being like out in an event where you just have your phone with you, that's one of the nice things about those little batteries is that you can just stick them. We, we can stick them in these bags and it's not a big deal to bring them in the bag. And then if we want to bring them with us out yep. for the night, we can do that too. All right. So when we travel on, when we take these long trips and people take these long trips, they want to be entertained. So I wanted to kind of, touch on some things that we would recommend or things that we're looking at right now for anybody that's got summer vacations coming up, how to entertain themselves. But before we do that, let me take a moment to thank Squarespace for supporting this week's show. Use the offer code UPGRADE at checkout and you will get 10% off your first purchase. Squarespace lets you easily create that website for your next idea. Make your next move with Squarespace. Maybe you're looking to create a website to start a blog. Maybe you have a travel blog that you want to more right so you can get people ready for their trips maybe you want to create an online store to sell that little thing that you've created which will help people pack better maybe you maybe you have a restaurant maybe you have a band maybe you have a local community maybe you have a charity maybe you have a portfolio maybe you have a podcast it doesn't matter what it is you want to make a website for squarespace is the all-in-one platform that will let you do it you don't have to worry about installing anything there's no patches to worry about no security upgrades nothing squarespace have got you covered and they back it up with an award-winning 24 7 customer support team they have beautiful templates that you can tweak to your heart's content or you can just pick from and start using immediately and they're going to be awesome they're beautifully designed they are they look great on all devices whether it's a phone or a tablet or a desktop or a laptop no matter what it is your website's going to look great for everyone that visits they can also let you grab a domain name if you want to it really is the all-in-one platform squarespace plans start at just 12 dollars a month you can sign up for a free trial right now with no credit card required by just going to squarespace.com then when you decide to sign up use the offer code upgrade at checkout and you'll get 10 percent of your first purchase and show your support for upgrade we thank them for their support of this show squarespace make your next move make your next website do you watch movies when you're on a plane yeah sometimes although i do more tv shows than movies only because i feel like it gives me more options to i'm not committing to watching the same thing for two hours i can watch an hour here and an hour there um i do sometimes watch movies on planes but it's a little more tv and do you choose kind of whatever you're watching right now? Do you have go-tos? It's a combination. I have some I have some comfort food like I um Doctor Who's coming back this next weekend and I have the not the last series but the previous series, the eighth the first uh, Peter Capaldi series. Mm-hmm. Um I I want to kind of revisit him before his, the new season starts, so I loaded I loaded those on. Yeah. Um, using Plex, actually, I just downloaded them from my Plex server oh, nice. onto my iPad. So that's some some kind of comfort food. Um 
And I also have, there are shows that I want to watch and that my wife probably doesn't uh-huh. want to watch yes. that are fair game for a trip like this. Yep. So I've got I've got some of that you know I've got some and, and these days what it is mostly is um stuff from Amazon and Netflix that I can download. Now that those services both allow you to download videos to your device and watch them when you're off the internet, that has made a big difference. So th- that those are my two techniques right now is stuff from streaming services that are not on the queue to watch at home and then some favorites that I can just offload from my Plex server um, because Plex lets you download to a device. And so that was that couldn't be easier. And sometimes if there's a show that I'm watching that my wife's not watching um, that's on our, our DVR, um, the TiVo, TiVo has an app that lets you download those files too. And, and you can play download them, them locally? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So I can, I can walk away with – I've got a few episodes on there too. And it's way more than I will ever possibly watch on this trip. But what it means is on my, you know, 13 hours of flights that I've got back to the U.S. on Wednesday, I, um, I will have a, a bunch to choose from and I'll just see what I'm in the mood for. Now, flying over here, I didn't watch anything because I read a book instead. But um, that was because that was what I was in the mood for. I, d- I just didn't feel like, you know, it's kind of hard to explain. Just I didn't feel like it. I didn't feel like sitting there and watching a TV show. No. I just wanted to put in some music and, uh, and, and, read, a, uh, and read a book. Music, by the way... Um, as I learned the hard way, I think the last time I traveled, um, part of my checklist now, my digital checklist, mm. is making sure that some of my favorite playlists are downloaded to my phone. Because now that I am using Apple Music and all of that and not syncing from iTunes, I need to make sure that I've got files stored yeah, it locally. sometimes feels like, I mean, I have no way of testing this. But something I feel like should be downloaded, like I feel like I yeah. would have downloaded this, isn't. Well, it's marked as purgeable, just like on the Mac. And if certain apps in uh, iOS need uh, free space, uh, the, the, the stuff yeah. I think can be freed. Okay. Although it tries not to do it with things you've explicitly downloaded. I'm not sure. But, yeah. but sometimes I've had that same thing. And, and I don't know whether it's, have I not listened to this since the last time I upgraded my iPhone? Or is it just that they went away because they were just sitting there for a while and now I need to get them back? But I did get stuck on a plane, I think when I was visiting my mom in Phoenix. So it was only an hour flight, but I got stuck on a plane where I looked at my music and I realized I had no music to listen oh. to. <laughs> so I podcast and I listen to podcasts some too. But I, I, music was not going to be an option. That's a big thing for me, making sure I download shows because I just stream everything. I know. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so then like, you have to. I, I download them before. all. Yeah. But I still go back into the archive. A lot of times I'm listening to a show from way back. So, like, for me, it's Magic Tavern where I'm like 50 episodes back, 40 episodes yep. back. And so I will go in and I'll just tap, you know, down, do, 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 download these five download these six of whatever podcast I'm listening to um, going through the back catalog. So I have those on the plane. Yeah, my 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 all-time kind of plane show is the Flophouse. And I actually had a couple of episodes that I was behind on. So I got oh, that. That's, that's to. great. Um, but also, I've mentioned this show on the I've mentioned this show on this show before, and it's my brother, my brother and me. That's my show in which I'm going back. Right, like you You're do dipping into the back catalog. Yeah, yeah, and and it's you know because it's just a light-hearted, fun show. It works for me on a plane because that tends to be m- most of what I can cope with on planes. Yeah, my my only problem with podcasts on a plane is it's uh, 
I'm, I'm tired. Uh, I'm tired of these podcasts, podcasts on this, on this plane. plane. Exactly right. Um, that's a terrible movie. Podcasts on a plane. It's just people listening to podcasts. Yeah. It's really boring. All um, recording shows of horrible sound quality. My problem is, um, is it that stimulates me auditorily, but not visually. So unless I'm staring out the window, I would usually be playing an iPhone game or something. Uh, that could be. When I do that, so I I don't do that as much. Although I do it some. Um, if I'm not in the mood, honestly, a lot of times it's like if I'm tired and like I don't I don't want to use my eyes. I want to close my eyes. They're they're dry because they've been in a plane. I haven't slept well. Whatever yeah. the reasons, um, podcasts are good in those circumstances where I can kind of uh, close my eyes and zone out and just listen to the podcast. So listener, close your eyes unless you're driving. Zone out and listen to yes, our voices. For we time are to rush your dry eyes. Yeah, are you on an airplane now? We're talking directly to you, airplane people. Relax. Play That's an fine. iPhone game if you like. Close your eyes. Close your eyes if you want to. If you're driving, pay attention to the road. <laughs> pay more attention. Um, I for movies for me and, and and TV, I always go with the comfort food route when it comes to planes. Yeah, you know I always have Real Genius loaded on my phone. Do you? On my phone. On your phone. In for case, an immediate need. In case I'm... It's like carrying... I carry a bar of chocolate with me when I go on a long trip. Just like feeling feeling you need Sustenance. some comfort. There's a little there's a little chocolate for you. And there's real genius. Godfather 1 and 2. Mm-hmm. Goodfellas. Okay. And Glengarry Glen Ross. Wow. They're always on my iPad. You need, a, need some mob... Action, mob violence. Serious, just serious movies. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. They're just movies that I love. I just absolutely... Yeah. I could just watch oh, them over and over food. and over That's again. That's what it is. And yep. also, I've been very slowly going through Curb Your Enthusiasm. Hmm. It's a show Adina has no interest in watching, even though she loves Seinfeld. She, it just doesn't click for her. Um, and it is because it, it is just like 30 minutes of awkward. Yep. And sometimes it can be painfully awkward. Um, and I just, I've just been going through this show very slowly. Um, and of course, my another big, huge source of entertainment for me right now is video games. I mean, I play a lot of iPhone games, like threes, and um, is remained con- like a de- continuous. Right. And um, Altos Adventure, yeah, is another game that like that continues to get a lot of play, especially in these sort of scenarios because they're very mindless and easy. And today on the train, you were playing. Um What's it called? Type Shift. Type Shift, which is another great game. Yeah, I was playing that today. That's that's a great game. But I I don't know if that's going to be a timeless right, like right. Like, like threes and like Alto's Adventure. But I continue to play those games very frequently, and especially when I'm traveling. Like these are these would be the games that I will play whilst I'm listening to episodes of the Flophouse. Nice. So I mean, I think do you? I mean, you've been reading, right? I mean, I'm sure reading continues to be a, a big thing for you. Yeah, I read an entire novel on the flight here. What did you read? Uh, it, it's uh, one of the Nebula nominees, and it's called Borderline. Okay. Uh, I wonder if I know who wrote it. It's a um, it's it's good. It's like a noir mm. story about um, it's a book in black and white, huh? Uh, about fairy. Uh, fairy people who can, tra- oh, okay. can can cross over to um, Hollywood. Okay, this is kicking up a kicking up a storm. Yeah. I'm not what no, I was it's expecting. it's it's interesting because it is written very noirish. It's I mean, technically it's urban fantasy, which is a genre that's very popular these days. But um, I felt like that it doesn't fit with my conception of urban fantasy because it feels more um, 
to me like um like a uh, a film noir where it's about Hollywood and there's a there's somebody who's missing right. and they're trying to find somebody and they they you know there's a the person who's called is a a kind of cranky unpleasant person like a like a noir detective and she has to find these but she's also then revealed to her as the fact that 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 fairies are real and they're problematic in many ways and and there are issues and and they're the secret creative power that's powering Hollywood and so there's a whole other layer of like Hollywood wow, okay. over it. It is borderline by Michelle Baker and that was really great. So I read that on the plane over here. And on the way back I will probably read uh one of the other Nebula nominees, Nine Fox Gambit or Everfair, but um borderline. It's good. Re- really good. Took I up wa- the whole plane. Didn't need to watch a movie, had borderline. We've been talking quite a lot in the past, and you have on Six Colors about flight tracking apps. Oh, yeah. Because our favorite app went away, flight track. Sad. Um, have you made a decision on which app you're using? Well, the one that I'm gravitating to a lot is um, is called Flight Update Pro. Okay. Um, I've, I, it's not pretty, but it has all the information in it okay and so i like that one i've tried app in the air and it's a very beautiful full-featured app but it's also a subscription app and the subscription is priced for people who basically are business travelers and fly all the time and i don't begrudge them that but it's not an app that i'm i'm not willing to pay the price that they're asking for it so although it's a beautiful app i'm not um I'm not gonna, you know, subscribe or, or or I think you can unlock all the features forever for like fifty bucks 50 or bucks, yeah. something and still saying I'm not gonna do that. That's it's not enough of me. I am trying some others. Um kayak uh is okay. Um Tripit is okay, Tripcase is okay. I've got more work to do here and I'll probably when I get home I'll kind of try to wrap it up and do some more testing too. But um but it's funny the one I've been gravitating to is Flight Aware or Flight Update Pro because it's um you know it's pretty straightforward. It's got all my my whole trip it even though I'm using two different tickets on two different airlines cuz I had the a flight in the middle from Glasgow to Dublin. Um it's all in there in one place and it's got all my details and so I feel like it's uh, it's the best one so far. I'm using App in the Air. I, I paid for like, I think you get like six months or something. Yeah. And it's like $20. It's not cheap. Um, oh, no, I paid for a year, which is like $30 or something. Yeah. I like it a lot. It's good. Because it, it it's a stupid amount of money to pay for a single app that all it's doing is this. I mean, it's not, apps can be that price, but it, it doesn't really do a ton for what you do. Like I'm used to paying that kind of amount of money for an application that the Omni Group make. If if I was right? flying all the time, I would feel different about it. But and, it's and that's I who fly it's, a lot. And that's who. And, and and you know what? The fact is, great uh, flight tracking apps are going out of business because uh, you know they were it, they were bought in the case of Mobiata, who did Flight Track Pro, but. Um, but the business model is a question, right? Like mm-hmm. they need to develop these things and they need to have access to the data and they need to do all of the stuff they need to do. So I don't begrudge them paying. And there's a business traveler market for app in the air. So it's actually like good for them 
that they're doing it and and it you can see the results it looks very good they they take a lot of care with it it's just that i i don't think i can prioritize it because i don't fly enough to do that oh i should mention because we did get some feedback about this that um i always poo-pooed the idea of using airline apps because in the early days the airline apps were awful but i have to give it to them i downloaded some airline apps for this trip um and for um and also for another airline that i i use frequently and they're a lot better yeah if you're on an airline it probably benefits you, even if you have another app, it benefits you to have the airlines app because they will send you push notifications. They will send you change, you know, change information. And it's often where you can stash your boarding pass if it's not in, in wallet. So I, I had the United airlines app on this trip and, and it, it was not bad. Um, I don't know if I would rely on it on its own, but it was, it, that was a good tip that I, I had, I had just written them all off and they were actually, um, worth downloading. Yeah, I the, the the airlines I tend to fly with the most are uh, British Airways, Virgin, and Delta, and all of their apps are. I think they were built on the same platform. Honestly, yeah, I think someone's made a platform, and there's a white label yeah. for airlines. Yeah, but it's good, good because like BA BAs was a good app, and Virgin's was terrible, and then they changed it, and they started to look. Very similar, <laughs> but and now they 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 I I find them fine. It's Virgin Atlantic, yeah, right? um, and yeah, they do they do what I want them to do. That app in the air, so look, I'm not going to. It's expensive app. I want to pay it because I want the features that it has, like the real time notifications and just a lot of the stuff that it does is things that I want. And using it on this trip, I feel vindicated in my decision because it's the app I'm looking for. Yeah. It is a, for me. It's a good replacement and an enhancement on FlightTrack because it's doing everything FlightTrack was doing, and it also offers some extras as well. And it has right. good customization. It has some tools that I don't want, like it can automatically check you in for flights. But like I just don't want right. it to do that. But it really is focused around people that take more than one or two trips a year. And you know, I, I'm I you keep, do travel I keep saying quite this, a bit. but like I'm going to be taking like eight or nine airplanes in April. Right, I'm yeah. gonna taking eight or nine flights in April. So after your year with it, you'll know. Yeah. If if you if you look at the price and go, oh, do I really want to pay again? Exactly. Or if you say, yeah, got no it, no brainer, right? Yeah. That's, then I'll know. So, I, but that's the one that I've that I've gravitated towards. It, it looks like it's the best one. My my it frustration looks, yeah, with it, it is good. is the price, and also it seems like I think I have to. I think I can sign up, and it's a trial, and then they'll charge me. But it's, it's one of those day. things where, hmm, yeah. It's the standard Apple 14 day, yeah. but like the you know the canceling is is better, but still not great, you know. Yeah. What would you like to see improved upon to kind of make traveling better? For me, one that jumps out is USB C. The rising of USB C for me makes things a lot better because you know I think about most of the technology that I bring with me on a trip. If USB C could make it to iOS devices. It'd be the only cable I would ever need, and I, and I would I would be, I would like that to not have to be like, did I have such and such cable? Did I have X cable? Did I have Y cable? It's just like bring a bunch of cables; they're all the same. I like the idea of that. Yeah, it's going to be a long time before oh, USB C yeah, is is common because USB A is so common. I mean, we still have hotels with dock connector radios and things, right? The one I'm looking at right now has both a dock connector, a lightning, and 
micro USB. So this hotel is is with the times. Yeah, that's actually pretty impressive because most of the hotels I stay at All still connectors. have the dock connectors. They got burned. They they aren't going to reinvest in in their hardware. So it'll be a while. USB A. The nice thing is we'll have we'll have adapters or converters or something mm-hmm. and we'll get there eventually. But I, I agree with that. I think that one of the nice things about the fact that all, basically all electronic devices charge on USB is airlines started to add power plugs and now they seem to have converted where they are they are embracing USB, which is better because especially if you're flying between countries, everybody's USB plug is the same. Yeah, exactly. Instead of having to, to adapt it. Yep. And, and they're small so that you can put them more than one of them in a place. You know, you put two or three in the same place that you put one of your, you know, enormous UK plugs, right? Safe. UK plugs. It's very yeah, safe and enormous. Safe. So and enormous. It's about safe <laughs> anyway, uh yes, so so that would be the more USB the better, I think, in general. USB C will get there eventually, but just having USB would it, everywhere. As a man and also as a man who lost his wallet six days before he was gonna be taking international travel. Ouch. And I had to get all the cards replaced and ID replaced. I can't believe that our money is tied behind these plastic pieces of plastic that could be lost I, I i find it just started to make me think about the fact that we still don't have a, a real kind of digital lifestyle in this way like apple pay is great but it's still tied to your card it's still tied to a card it still doesn't work everywhere and it's still limited by price would it, right do you, do you think a bank would one day will do a uh like an apple pay credit card that li- they literally never send you a card there's no reason why they couldn't all they need to do is generate a number it doesn't need a card yeah, but they do yeah like i know that it's tricky because of things like the numbers on the back the ccv numbers and stuff but you could work around that sure you know and but like my thinking is just you know why does why doesn't my bank just have an app which is this payment app which ties into apple pay like that's all I ever do, you know. Like, I, and I know there's so many things about the system that are not built for this, but it's just it's crazy to me that like I can lose my wallet and then I have no money. But think about it, you can lose your wallet, but you still had Apple Pay. I did, which was great, but then I had to cancel my card and I couldn't use Apple Pay. That hasn't happened to me. When I've done it, they've sent me a, they've sent me a new card, and it my Apple Pay has continued to work. Dependent on bank implementation. Oh. Uh, so they changed the number of my card. They don't always do this. Because I lost it, they changed the number. And depending on how a bank implements that, I did a little bit digging on this. There's different ways you can implement it. And it can be that if the number is changed on the card, the long card number, which doesn't usually change when you have a typical renewal, um, it will cut the support. So my Apple Pay support was cut Ugh. when my card was cut, so I had no access to money. And it just made me think, like, it is just surprising to me um, that we still have our money tied behind these little pieces of plastic. <laughs> it just seems strange. Time to live the cash-only lifestyle, Mike. Just no, that's cash, the wrong. cash, cash, cash. No, that's going in the wrong cash direction, Jason. Cash it in now. No, you're not doing this correctly. 
That's the wrong direction. We went. The, it was good that we went from cash to cards, but now we need to go from cards to cash. To just, back to cash. <laughs> oh, God no. Uh, we, I think we have to move on. I think it's time for ask upgrade. This week, Ask Upgrade is brought to you by our friends at Mac Weldon. They make the most comfortable underwear, socks, shirts, undershirts, hoodies, and sweatpants that you're ever going to put on your body. Mac Weldon is better than whatever you're wearing right now, and they're confident of this. So confident, in fact, that they have a no-questions-asked return policy. Mac Weldon is so sure that you'll be super comfortable in whatever you buy that if for any reason you don't like your first pair, you keep them and they'll refund you, no questions asked. By pairing premium fabrics with meticulous attention to detail and a simple shopping experience, Mac Weldon delivers a new level of daily comfort straight to your door. They make undershirts that stay tucked, socks that stay up, and waistbands that don't roll. Everything that is made by Mac Weldon is made with premium cotton blended with natural fibers and their website is built to get you in and out as quickly as possible. They don't want to waste your time. When I was packing for my trip, I made sure to collect up my Mac Weldon mm. goodies because I want to feel good when I'm traveling. I want to feel good on my daily moving around the place and, and Mac Weldon is great for that. If you were to look at my suitcase, but don't. I'm not gonna. It's private. But there's Mac Weldon in there. Excellent. I will trust you. Thank you. Not only do Mac Weldon's underwear, socks, and shirts look good, they perform well. Listeners of this show can get 20% off at MacWeldon.com. That's M-A-C-K-W-E-L-D-O-N.com by using the code UPGRADE for that 20% off. Thank you so much to Mac Weldon for their support of this show and Relay FM. Time for Ask Upgrade, Jason Snell. Thank you so much for the laser accompaniment. Robert asks, what is Jason's preferred Blu-ray, Blu-ray ripping, it's difficult to say, uh, method and equipment used? Well, I'll reference a post that I wrote a couple years ago on Six Colors that maybe we can put in the show notes. Of course it will be in the show that notes. That is about how I rip Blu-rays and... The, I, I go into all the details. I, I bought a Blu-ray USB drive. The post drive. is quite literally called How I Rip DVDs and Blu-rays. Yeah, oh, that's it. And uh, it's got a link to the, the the drive that I bought on Amazon for, I don't know, 50 bucks. It's a USB Blu-ray drive. And I use Make MKV as the name of the software that extracts uh, Blu-ray and turns it into a giant MKV file. And then you can either use Handbrake at that point or you can use Don Melton's transcoding scripts, which are a little harder to set up. And if you're afraid of the command line, like Mike, hello, don't do that. But uh, Don has done a lot of work with presets to make the uh, sort of the best trade-offs. But you can also just use Handbrake at that point and point it at the MKV file and, uh, and do it. And I still do it that way. And then at that point, I... Um, I put it on my server and and it's on Plex and I can watch it on my TVs or my devices wherever I want. Yeah, if I have if I have ever ripped a DVD or whatever, I do it via Handbrake. Yeah, and with uh, Handbrake doesn't do Blu-ray directly, basically. So you use M- Make MKV, which is um, not free, um, although it may be free to try. Okay. But it will it will do the job of pulling out the the video file, and uh, that's what I do because I, I prefer in general. Uh, I'll play a Blu-ray from time to time, but um, our Blu-ray player is our Xbox, and so you know you start up the Xbox, and then you have to launch the player, and it's got unconventional controls because it's a game system, and it's not my it's not my preferred way. I I actually would rather rip that Blu-ray and then just watch it on Plex. Yeah, Ben has been looking all over. He's done his research, and he's coming to you because he cannot find the answer to his question. 
Ben wants to put his photos library on multiple Macs without iCloud. Is this possible? Um, if you have a server or a file, some some device running uh, with a like a, a, an AFP or like a standard Apple kind of server connection, and I think it's got to be an HFS volume connect by AFP, maybe SMB will work too. Basically, if you if all those things are right, you should be able to open that library over the network, but it's going to be really slow unless you're like on a gigabit network and all your computers are wired. But if you're over Wi-Fi and it's a big network or a big uh, library, it's going to be really slow. So uh, it's not really made to do this outside of iCloud. That's sort of the, the point of it. Um, Can you save the location of the library in a cloud storage solution? The location of the library? Because the, the library it's pulling from, like, it's a file, isn't it? It's like a big bundle file. Well, yeah, it's a, it's a package with all the files in it. So you have to put that somewhere where pe- photos can read it. And so photos you put it, it to in be... Dropbox? No, no. You... Okay. It has to be... And, and I don't... Yeah, that that's a bad idea. Okay. Because then it would sync it, but they'd get out of sync, and that would be it, that would be incredibly bad. Okay. I, don't, I don't recommend do it. Do not follow Mike's advice. No, you ever. can't. You can't do that. So I'd say... I hate to say it. The other solution here is to buy a big hard drive and put it on the hard drive and connect it to the computer you want to. And that'll be the fastest of all these it. solutions. Just walk it around. Yeah. But, um, but there, Photos, the app, is not made to do this because they want you to use iCloud. And if if the alternative is to use some other some other system, but yeah, so there are ways, but they're not ideal. Okay. Uh, Oplayers asked, "Do you buy the cellular and Wi-Fi iPads or just the Wi-Fi only ones?" My current iPad is a cellular plus Wi-Fi. I think I wrote a six colors piece about this too. Cushy <laughs> did. Cushy uh, did. Well, you gotta you gotta use all the parts of the buffalo. So. Yeah, I my rationale was that I wanted it for kind of flexibility since this was the iPad Pro and I expected to use it for a while. And since it's kind of unlocked, it, it gives me the flexibility to... Um, I have the T-Mobile deal where I get 250 megs or something of free data every every month. Yeah. It's not a lot, but there's a little bit there. I signed up for that, actually. And, um, and I all, the reality is I... I basically never use the cellular features on it and i have it it's like that range anxiety we're talking about i am almost never in a place where i don't have wi-fi and am using an ipad yep like if i'm at a cafe they have wi-fi so it, it it very rarely happens i've thought about it that if i had it i might wear it in i might use it in places like cafes where the wi-fi is poor I might use the cellular instead and not bother with a cafe Wi-Fi and not get frustrated by it. Um, but if that had happened enough, I would have done that by now. It, it would take one call to AT&T and $10 a month to put this on my AT&T plan. And I haven't done that either. So I, I, I've got it and I've got it sort of for safety and comfort. But in reality, I don't use it. So my my travel iPad... The one my nine point seven is cellular. My other one isn't, and my, my reason I bought the Wi Fi and the twelve point nine is I wasn't sure if I was going to like that device when I bought it. Like I was interested in it, but right. I wasn't in the iPad camp that I'm in now. Um, and that's fine because that device stays at home, right? right. So it doesn't need it. But the nine point seven it comes out with me, and I use it whenever whenever I travel. I use the cellular on that thing because most of the places that I go to in the U.S. is faster. And so I get the T-Mobile because yeah. I have a T-Mobile account. 
Um, and so I get that, right? So I, I sign up and I have a US T-Mobile account because I have a US T-Mobile SIM for my yeah. phone when and I then travel. It's, and then it's easy to uh, to buy more data yep. from T-Mobile, which is or why they give you the free. And yeah. this is, this is I, I use this all over the world because you could just use... I have an Apple SIM in there. Right. So I can just buy anything, any plan for like a set period of time in fact i thought about doing that here in ireland yep. um and i i haven't done it but i i thought about the same thing right you just with the apple sim you just turn it on yep. and see what see what you get and what if the deal travel are. i think you should get the cellular yeah for me it's just that i always have my phone with me in that in those circumstances yeah. and so it's generally not a big deal but um the tethering is good and i tether a lot um, but I also like having my own connection with those. Yeah. Yeah, cause then, because I'd use then it I'm more. draining the batteries of both devices. Yeah, right? yeah I see it. And I, I would use it more. I mean, I would use it if I had it. But it just hasn't escalated at the point where I thought I need to do this. Yep. That makes sense. Dave asked, given the success of Amazon's Echo, uh, do you think that they would make another attempt at a phone? If you remember, they made a phone called the Fire Phone. Um I don't think that these two things no. go together. Uh, the Echo, the Echo's success is not a story that's easy to tell because they may have sold 150,000 of those for all we know. There's just a chart. Because they don't talk about it. That's right. The success that we refer to is how people that use it feel about it. And a lot right. of people that own one really like it. Does that translate into other people buying them? We have literally no idea right now. So and phones are just entirely different it's a devices. Completely different thing. And in fact, you're you seeing know. you know Android phone makers talking with Amazon about integrating the Echo technology, the lady in the canister, into their devices, which makes a lot of sense. So, does Amazon really want to to build hardware that's a vehicle for? For I, this. They failed so hard with mm-hmm. that Fire Phone. And they could try. They could scale it back, right? They could do something that was an Amazon phone that stock. You know that that's it's because Amazon's not out of the Android business, right? The Fire uh, tablets and the Fire TV are all Android based, so they could do a new Fire Phone that is much more stock Android like, or much more, much less like 3D cameras and super weird and um, in- integrate this technology, this voice technology. I think it's possible. I'm sure they're prototyping stuff like that all the time because it's not like they have they have a custom version of Android that has yeah. their own app store. Yeah. It would not be it would not be a lot for them to do this. And now they have their their voice agent. But I, I would say that it would learn the lessons of the Fire Phone and be a much more understandable normal phone. Yeah. And then they would use the power of Amazon, right? They'd use the their ability to. You know, maybe it's got a for Prime members. There are features that it has. Maybe if you're a Prime member, you pay very little for your, you know, your service or something, and it's a weird reselling. I don't know. It's possible, I, I guess. I would say, but it's not going to be. It's not going to be the Fire Phone, and I do think that they they got uh, burned a little bit uh-huh, so. by the Fire Phone. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. And so I think they're going to be a little more careful. Finally today, Brent asked, do you think that the new modular Mac Pro will be previewed at WWDC or the full event like the trash can was? Brent, I think it's too early. I think WWDC 2018 will be the first time we see anything about wow. this product. Yeah, you may be right. Because the idea here, most people um, seem to believe that this is a relatively recent decision on Apple's yeah, part. Like It's from everything that I'm hearing and seeing. 
Like, it was maybe a matter of weeks from when this thing became an yeah. actual thing before we found out about well, it. What they said was that they said they made this decision. They didn't make this decision this year. But if that's true, I would say it happened in December because it has not been very long. And I've heard that it's been a much more recent decision than that. From it's some like they may be places. I think so. Apple's being careful about the way they're talking about it. I think they, they began thinking about if the Mac Pro was going to live again. Yeah. About, last maybe about year. four or five months ago. But the actual, like, do we have a product we can make? I think that has been a very right. recent decision. And it takes a long time to make a new product. So if they only now are discussing what the new product is going to be, I think we'd all like them to do it uh, sort of a crash course here and get it out quickly. But it's going to be next year. And so, you know what? If I don't see them showing a Mac Pro at the iPhone event, right? I don't think it's going to happen. No way. So m- more likely they will... I, you're right. I, I think if I had to say what the most likely time that Apple would show a Mac, a new Mac Pro, it would be WWDC 2018. I agree. I think that's fine. Yeah. I mean, Mac Pro They're buyers want it sooner. IMAC, right? they want it, they, yeah. They'll want it January 1st. Of course they will. But, but that's not, not going to happen. happen. The iMac... <laughs> I think the iMac will fill a gap for a lot of people but we need to see that soon yeah what, what what's that you know what's it's that iMac new iMac pro. and what's that iMac pro yeah. style the you know the higher end iMac we'll see what's that going to look like and i think that's yeah. going to help a lot of people yeah. and at least you know they they may show in this announcement a, a, a renewed commitment that makes Mac Pro owners happy. Like, in so, they maybe show something which is like, ah, there you go. Like, that's the type of thing we want to see, right? right. And, and that may help kind of right. keep the goodwill going with the idea that Apple knows and, and maybe we'll give updates, you know, to say, hey, we're still working on it and these, this is the type of thing we're thinking about. But I think it would be from a goodwill perspective, like the biggest bang for your buck. The place you do this is at WWDC. You've got all those people in the room. You got some whooping and some hollering because that's not going to happen anywhere else. But it will happen at WWDC. And if they can get a product out before then, I'll I'll be surprised, right? Like this stuff takes a long time. It takes time. a long time. It's not. This isn't a quick thing, especially if they are. They are starting from scratch. Well, and if you listen to which people showed the excellent ATP from last week. Yep. They they went through the list of, of things this needs to do. And, and I would say, think back to the Power Mac G5. The Power Mac G5 enclosure was also the Mac Pro enclosure until the trash can. That, that was a decade-long enclosure. Yep. And it varied on the inside. They did some different things in different models, but they built something to last. And be a platform for different technologies to come in and out to have the have different kind of airflow systems all all still running sort of front to back and they had the water cooling at one point i mean and they changed processor architectures but kept the device the same on the outside right i would think that if apple's gonna pay all this attention to the mac pro this time when it really Obviously, large parts of Apple don't want it and don't think that it's going to be the best return on the investment, but it's something they need to do. Well, if you're going to design it, and I'm and I'm managing that, I'm going to say, design me something that's going to last me 10 years, that is as flexible as possible. Put in the work now so we don't ever have to work on this thing again in the yes. big picture for, yeah. for a decade. And we'll tinker around the margins after this, but this is your shot to get something. And I want it to not... 
I want you not to come back to me in three years and say, oh, we didn't anticipate this thing. Anticipate all the yeah. things. This is this is the, <laughs> this should be the last one, right? Because yeah. if you imagine Approach in ten that years' way. time, it's very likely that technology is moving in a different direction yeah. that we can't anticipate. So approach it that way. Take take the, take the time. And my point is, if you're going to do that, you're not going to slap something together in six months. And it's not going to be a triangle. And it's not going to be a triangle. You triangles know? are scary. They'll kill you. You stay away from triangles. Go back to but squares. You know what I mean? Like. I, I I would be very surprised if we get a whiz bang dazzle. No, I machine. think it'll have a I think it'll have a sleek case with some it'll curves and things. But in the end, it, it's it's going to be a box. You with will see that like a lot of function won out over form in the overall industrial yeah. design. I feel like which it, is the right way to go. In, in fact, I feel like the story here is ultimately going to be that story, which is yeah. people who thought even the Mac Pro should have consumer things applied to it, which is we're going to do wacky stuff that's right at the edge of tolerances and make this make this trash can Mac. Um, they won out over the people who are like, you know what? People like Marco and John who say, you know what? What we really want is you to update the chips every year with the yeah. fastest chips possible. And that's all we really care about. This decision seems to be finally an understanding within Apple that that is the right approach, that that is the way to do it, that you you know the pro market doesn't need to follow consumer rules. It needs to be served. Yep. And... Let me, but that, but let it may me, take uh, some time for them to, to get that final product out because I do think they need to do it right, yep. not just do it fast. Let me do my best Johnny Ive here. Okay. We see design as more than just on the outside. Design is on the inside too. And then he opens the case, right? Yeah. And they show all the, the wonder that sits inside of yeah. the Mac Pro. But there'll still be a you know a curved something or a yes. funny something and all of that. And they'll say, Shemford look at this edges. flourish. Yes. Chamfered cases. Once, once you see professional design. the rose gold of the new Mac Pro. Oh yeah, that's what I want. <laughs> that's what. That's how you get me to buy one. Put it in rose gold. I think that wraps it up for this week. I think so. It's been a pleasure to have uh, two upgrades in person with you. I know, and we'll do it again before the end of the year. Certainly in June, right? June, maybe in August. Maybe if I uh, if I. Uh, Come to Memphis for, for Members Week. Relay host con. Members in Memphis. <laughs> we'll see. But yeah, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Upgrade. If you want to send in uh, Ask Upgrade questions, just tweet at us with hashtag Ask Upgrade and we'll answer your questions at the end of the show. If you have uh, a small talk topic that you would like nope. me to discuss with Jason, not... hashtag Snell Talk. Thank you. Small and talk, it, you're confusing it. They're going to give you hashtag Small Talk. Well, uh, that's going to go to somebody else. That's okay, that's, to, do with that's me. to Jason Small. Questions, ask upgrade, small talk is snell talk. Okay, good. Right? So you I see can, what you're doing. You see what I'm, I'm, I'm trying, I get it. I I'm, get I'm you phrasing. I'm, I'm making sure the questions are We're diverged. In sync now. I don't want people to ask me, what do you think about the Mac Pro in snell talk? No, that's that not would what be that's for. It's a like, disaster. you know, how's the baseball season? Yeah. You see? I'll just say it's, I'll just say it's good. It's good. It's good. 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 Mac Pro's doing great. So, I've seen it. It's lovely. And then yeah. we just move on. Uh-huh. Right? It's, just, it's just small talk. So yeah. we're not going to get into details. If you want to find Jason online, he's at sixcolors.com. And um, if you want to go to find more of his shows, they're over at The Incomparable. Of course, he has many more on Relay FM as well. We're going to be recording Clockwise live at all, and we'll be doing that in person. I'm yeah, going to be later this week. taking the place of Dan Moran for the day. Yeah. Um, and uh, if you want to find Jason in person for the next, I don't know, 48 hours, <laughs> yeah. he's in the I Europe Hotel in Killarney. I hope you're in Killarney, otherwise you won't find me. You can find him, and I don't know, after the secret word. What's the secret word this time? 
I uh, pineapple. Pineapple. Say pineapple, and we got a sticker for you. Oh, nice. I Say, got some stickers. You got the stickers. Say pineapple to Mike. And it's if you're here, if you're at the Europe, and you say pineapple, say pineapple sticker, because then I'll remember. Because last yeah. year we did, said banana. People keep saying banana to me. I had no idea why they were saying it to me. Uh, and I'll, it and I will give you some stickers. Um, and I'm online. I'm at iMike, I-M-Y-K-E. Thanks again to our lovely sponsors of this week's episode, the fine folk over at Encapsular Squarespace and Mac Weldon. And, but most of all, thank you for listening, and we'll yes. be back next time. Say goodbye, Jason Snell. Goodbye, Mike Hurley. Goodbye.